Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Take your Bibles this morning. We're going to read out of a couple of different chapters. 1 Kings 19, 2 Kings 2. This is the last Sunday of our Elijah series. We're going to get him into heaven and we're going to move on. So uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, 2 Kings chapter 2. We're going to go through the kind of the last season of his life. So uh, you remember uh, Elijah comes to the surface at one of the most wicked times in the New Testament, he comes to, you know, the, the pages of biblical history during the time of Ahab that the Bible says one of the, one of the most evil kings uh, to live. Ahab was married to Jezebel who was, uh, uh, you know, her family was involved in Baal worship, you know, uh, all, all that went with Baal worship. It was, it was just a terrible, you know, a terrible system there. Elijah gets the word from the Lord and says, go to Ahab and say it is not going to rain until I say it is going to rain. He says that and then God takes him to a brook where he's supplied with water and the ravens supply him with food until the brook dries up. Then the Lord moves him over to Zarephath in Sidon. He sends him to a widow that has just a little flour, just a little oil that provides for Elijah and for her family for a season of time. And then while Elijah's there, the sun passes the way of the widow and he prays great prayer three different times and there is the the first biblical resurrection right after that the Lord says all right it's time to go back to Ahab and tell him that it's going to rain so he goes back to Ahab and he says the Lord's told me it is going to rain but before you do that I want to have a little contest between God and Baal so he takes them out on Mount Carmel you remember the story they both pray to both their gods the and the one that answers by fire he would be the he would be you know God and he would be worshiped and of course God Jehovah answers Elijah's prayer and man there is uh you know fire comes down Ahab is you know upset Jezebel uh, Jezebel then just gives a, a, a death sentence to Ahab right after this. And he goes, we talked about it last week. He goes into a little a, a season of discouragement and depression. He even wanted, he even wanted to die. And he's just sitting there, and the Lord said, Hey, While you're in this place, there's a couple of things I want you to do. Number one, I want you to rest and eat. And can I say, if there's any point that a congregation's ever gotten from anything that I've ever preached, you've gotten that this week. I've heard, rest and eat, rest and eat, okay? You got that, all right? Then the next thing he took him, and he he had a, 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 a powerful time in the presence of the Lord. God, God you know, passed by him and, and, and uh, Elijah felt God's presence. And then, and then we ended up, and it's kind of where we're going to start today, uh, the, the Lord gave him a word of direction, okay? We talked about it just for a moment, but I want to I hit that today. So it's 1 Kings uh, 19 this morning, uh, starting in verse 13. So this is the very last scene of God speaking to Elijah. Then it said, a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Go back to the desert of Damascus. I want you to anoint Hazel, king over Aram. I want you to anoint Jehu, king of Israel. And then also anoint Elisha because he's going to succeed you as a prophet. And then he said, and I also want you to know, I've reserved 7,000 of Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, whose mouths have not kissed him. So he's coming out of this really, really difficult time of, of depression and discouragement. And listen, there are just times in your life where you just need a word from God. You just need, you just need God's direction upon your life. So he'd been through, man, three and a half years of, of, you know, trial and tribulation and all kinds of things that, you know, that he did not anticipate. And he comes back out of this and, man, he just, man, he just needs God's direction and guidance. And I, can, I, can I say that to you this morning? Sometimes you go through it. You are battling and having every kind of trial and tribulation that, you know, that one can imagine. And, that, and you're just, when you get through it, you're going, hey, God, you know, what, what are you saying to me? God, what are you speaking to me? Lord, after I've, I've been through this, has anything changed? Lord, I just need a word, okay? I just need a word. So he tells Elisha, there's three things that I want you to do. I want you to go anoint this person. I want you to go anoint this person. And I want you to go anoint Elisha. That was his direction for him. And then he said, not only, not only here's what I want you to do, but I just want to remind you of something too, because Elisha said, I'm the last one left. He said, I just want to remind you, I've got 7,000 others that you don't know about that have not bowed their knee to the prophet Baal, and I've also appointed your successor as well, which means what is started with you will continue because sometimes we tend to think if I don't see God's hand at work, then I assume that God is not working at all and you could not be further from the truth. God does not always check in with me and let me know what he's up to, but you can bank on this. When you pray and ask God to move, his hand is moving whether your eyes see it or not. But sometimes we just, we need a word. We just need God's direction. We need, Lord, what, what, what's, what's the word in season for this next step that you want me to take? Sometimes there are doors, many doors on the horizon. Lord, which door do you want me to walk through? Sometimes there are no doors. Lord, what, what am I supposed to do now? Lord, is it a red light? Lord, is it a green light? Lord, what do I do? Sometimes you just need a word from God. But I want to remind you of this today if you need a word. Before you were born, God had a plan for your life. And whatever has happened in your life recently has not changed 
God's plan or God's purpose for your life. What he's set in motion for you is still there and God will be faithful to bring you to the end of that purpose if you'll just stay with him, all right? Before you were born, God had a plan for your life. Second thing, God's not hiding his will from you. God wants you to know his plan and his purpose. It's not a thing of heavenly hide and seek and trying to figure out. God wants to illuminate. God wants you walking in his will and his plan so we don't have to feel like, man, I'm always walking in the dark. If we'll give the Lord time, if we will listen in our heart, the Lord will reveal his plan for us. He's not trying to hide that for us. God can speak to you as you pray for his specific will for your life and ask for wisdom, all right? So there needs to be time in your life, listen to me, that you are praying specifically for God's will and God's purpose. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, he says, Lord, I'm asking for your will to be done in my life as it's being done in heaven. And let me tell you, if you don't pray the Lord's Prayer every day, you are missing something because we're praying for God's will and God's purpose. The book of James says that God gives wisdom liberally. Liberally, he gives it. So, so God is wanting us to know his plan and his purpose, he's not, he's not hiding that so God can speak to you as you pray for his specific will and ask for wisdom. God can speak to you from the word. God can speak to you in your prayer closet and through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me. A lot of times we think because this was written a long time ago that there would be no practical application for my life through this word. And you are wrong, okay? God can take these words that were written thousands of years ago and can bring a rhema word, the Holy Spirit, as you are reading something, the Holy Spirit can bring something that will just jump off the page to you and give you direction. I can tell you there are three times in my life that just reading the Bible through my devotions, the Holy Spirit spoke to me through something that gave me direction for something that I was presently facing and going through. Now, listen to me, because if you're not a person of the Word, then you are missing something. You are closing off an avenue in which the Lord can speak to you. So God speaks through His Word. God speaks in the prayer closet, okay? Do you remember last week when we said, we, we looked at the passage that God said He speaks in a gentle whisper, right? We think when God speaks, it would be loud and boisterous and it would just stop you where you're at. No, no. It's a very gentle voice. You need to be in your closet of prayer. You need to be mindful of the Lord. You need to be praying for God's direction. Listen to me. And then you need to hush and allow God to speak to you. And you listen down into your heart. We feel like, listen, we feel like we got to be saying something all the time. No, no. You get in that closet of prayer and you say, God, I need direction. I need a word. I need a word. And then you just listen. Just listen and be, be faithful to that closet of prayer. And I'm just telling you, God, in your own prayer life, can speak to you and give you guidance and direction through that gentle whisper. Then there's another way. 
There's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are gifts of wisdom. There are gifts of knowledge. There are prophetic gifts that God can use in your life through the life of, of someone else to kind of give you guidance and direction for your future. I was preaching for my, my grandfather. He, I, was, I was 18, maybe, maybe 19, probably 18. I preached for him on a Sunday morning. I just want to tell you it was terrible. It's one of the worst messages ever in the history of the gospel, Okay. I'm halfway through the message going, this is just terrible, you know. But we preachers always believe that God can give a miracle, so we don't stop. We just plow on through. But God gave no miracle that morning. It was just terrible, okay. I get off the platform. I'm going, that's the worst thing ever in the history of preaching. That's going to be like in the preacher's hall of fame over in the bad part, okay. I'm just standing off to the side, and I was just kind of down. My grandfather's closing the service, trying to cover up the damage that had just been done. You know? and, and after it was over, Becky reminded this, me of this a few weeks ago. One of those praying ladies that every church has, she came up to me, and she put her hands on my hands. She said, I have a word from the Lord for you. There were some personal things that I'm not going to tell you. What she said to me, but one of the things was, There'll be a day that you'll preach in the nations of the world. And I was, what? After, when she said I had the word from the Lord, number one, I thought, my message was so bad, God's wanting to let me know, hey, I'm done with you. <laughs> so I was thankful it was a different word. <laughs> I was thankful. But you know, I was like, wow, because my world really, I had never been beyond Gulf Shores and Gatlinburg. <laughs> that was it. And to hear that word, even when I was just kind of discouraged, I'm going, man, I don't know if this is horrible. This is horrible. But just to hear that, that, that God had a plan down the road for me, and I could not see in that moment. And she had written out some things, and she folded it up, and she put those things in my hand that I, I read. And I, I was blown away at that moment. But do you know, like... Like, I, I've preached in like 23 different countries of the world. I mean, I barely graduated high school. Can I tell you that? That was the first miracle after salvation was just getting out of high school. So I just want to tell you something. There are times that God uses different manner, different method that God wants to speak. Sometimes you need a word. But you need to seek after that word and pray after that word. And I promise you, so at the end of that, he said, rest and eat. He had an experience with the presence of God. And then God gave him direction for the next season of his life. And I want to tell you, God will do that for you today. Keep reading verse 19. So Elijah went from there. He found Elisha. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. He himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Then uh, Elisha then left his auction, oxen, ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him, went back, took his yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, burning the plow, the plowing equipment to cook the meat, and gave it to the people, and they ate. And he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Now remember that Remember that sentence. So 
we, we see a similar story that Jesus tells, probably loosely based, or, or a parable or story, uh, probably loosely based on what, we, on what we just read. It's out of Luke chapter 9. I'm just going to read it because we, we need to be clear on what it takes to serve God. This is what Jesus said. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and the birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another man said, follow me. And he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So I want to just say to some this morning, at some point in your life, you've got to make a decision about following Jesus, okay? You, you've got to make a decision about, about serving God. And Jesus kind of walks through a, prog a progression here. A guy says, hey, I want to follow Jesus. And he says, hey, I don't even have a place to lay my head. So I want to say to you this morning, if you think serving God is all about money and prosperity, you are wrong. And then he, another man come and say, comes and says, let me go bury my family members. He said, let the dead bury the dead. You go preach the kingdom of God. Man, he just said, there, there are just things in life when it comes to priority that are more important sometimes to things that we have going on in our particular life. And then someone says, to, he, he says, follow me. And someone says, let me go say goodbye to my family. And he says, no man putting his hand to the plow and turning back is fit for the kingdom of God. And we think that's kind of rude. You can't even go tell your mother goodbye. Well, what do you think mother's response to that would be when he said, I'm going to go follow Jesus? You know, what do you think? She's, oh, baby, baby, don't go. Go tomorrow. Let's pray about this. Let me, let me just tell you, let me tell you something. Sometimes, listen, even when it comes to your friends and family, sometimes they don't even understand about your service to God. They have an influence on your life. So sometimes family members go, don't go. Or they go, don't go crazy. Don't go, don't go overboard. Don't go overboard. You know, you're going down to that church. You know what they do with their music and their Chick-fil-A cards they give away. You know, just, just kind of kind of hold back. And can I just tell you today, you can't hold back. There's only one way to serve Jesus, and that is to make him the Lord of your life and to make him number one. Jesus adds. Jesus adds to this. He says, Luke 9, he said, whoever wants to be my disciple, look, listen to this, must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet lose or forfeit their very self. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when they come in His glory and the glory of the Father and of holy angels. Okay? Listen, He's very clear. When you come to Christ, there is a, a sacrifice of your life that you must 
be willing to make. Now listen to me. It's important that you hear this because some people think if I give my heart over to the Lord, then money starts flowing in. My husband loses weight. My children become nicer. I get a promotion on the job. And I want to tell you that's the wrong way. Maybe that was preached at some point in your life. But I want you to see what Jesus said. If you want to follow me, you need to take up your cross daily and you need to follow me. And that means there's going to be times in your life of great blessing and favor on your life. But that also means that there will be times that you go through trial and tribulation and you don't know which way is up, but you're going to know that God is faithful to you. All right? So, uh, Elisha burns the plow. Come follow me. All right, let me go say goodbye to my parents. What? No. So he burns the plow. Now, that wasn't required. He didn't tell him, he didn't tell him to do that. I mean, that was his means of support. He burned the plow and he slaughtered the ox, oxen. I'm sure the oxen was like, hey, the plow's good enough. You know, they get the point. So he not only took care of his means of support, he just didn't burn the plow, but he burned the bridge back to his old life. And that's what some people don't want to do today. They want to serve Jesus, but they're hauling that plow behind just in case. And I want to tell you, and I said it this morning, there is a time that you've got to make a decision about Jesus. He is number one or he is nothing at all. He is either Lord or he's nothing at all. And I want to tell you that, that we're not hiding that at all in the passage. It's never, never been in the scriptures where if you give your heart to the Lord, then everything turns around and it's always roses in your life. Some of the most difficult times you will go through will be with Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But He will never leave you, never forsake you. He'll bring you through this life and He'll take you to the next one if you follow Jesus. Burn the plow. You gotta burn the plow. You gotta make a decision who you who you are serving. So I want to make a declaration this morning that if it costs me friends, so be it. I'm going to follow Jesus. If it costs me money, so be it. I'm going to follow Jesus. If I don't get to climb the corporate ladder because of my faith in Jesus, so be it. I'm going to follow Him. If I have to take my dreams for my life and do, do something else because of God's call, then so be it because I'm going to serve Jesus with all my heart. Last scene, 2 Kings 2. It's kind of odd. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way to Gil from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. When they get to Bethel, the company of prophets comes out to Elijah and says, Don't you know that the Lord is going to take your master today? Yes, I know. So be quiet. Then Elijah says to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord sent me to Jericho. And as he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, as you live, I will not leave you. 
So they went to Jericho. They get to Jericho. There's the company of prophets. They went up to Elisha. Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, Surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Now it's kind of, kind of unusual. I don't know how all of it works. But everybody knew that that day was Elijah's last day. Okay, everybody knew. Jericho, Bethel, Elijah knew, Elisha knew. For some reason, they all knew this was going to be the last day and that he was going to be taken up. Now listen, I don't know how I'd react with that. I don't know what I, I'm not sure what I'd, I'm not sure what I'd be doing. I, mean, I don't know how you kind of deal with that. And, and then the Lord takes him, he takes him to Gilgal and he takes him to Bethel and he takes him to Jericho and he takes him to Jordan. Kind of the Old Testament greatest hits. I mean, he's just kind of walking around, you know, these things, you know, what's, I mean, I'm just like, what's, you know, what's, what's going on? I mean, what's the purpose or point of that? I want to say something to young adults because Elisha, every time Elijah said, stay here, see, Elisha had found someone that God had connected him with. And every time Elisha said, you know, you can stay right here. No, I want to I want to be with you. I want to follow you. And I want to say to young Elishas, I want to say to high school, college, young adults, find people in your life who can help you find your God dream. Attach yourself to them. Follow them, ask them questions, let them mentor you, let them speak into your life. Where are you wanting to go? What are you wanting to do with your life? Then find someone that can, that can help you there and attach yourself to them. You see, that's what, you see, that's what Elisha did. Find an Elijah in your life and, and plant yourself in their shadow and, and, and learn from them. I mentioned my grandfather you know, just a few minutes ago. He pastored, pastored for a long time. He pastored one church 27 years. That's a long time. And, you know, not only was he a pastor, but uh, he was also the presbyter. He, he was giving oversight to 18 other churches kind of in the regional Area and I was a youth pastor. I was very young. It was my first first spot, maybe nineteen or so. Wit Wit knows my knew my grandfather, and and I, I would go I would go have lunch with him every Tuesday, and my grandfather we would just talk church. He would just talk to me about ministry, preaching, but but also on many occasions my grandfather would start to cry when he talked about pastors, when he talked about the local church, some of the issues that he was dealing with as the, as the presbyter of that particular section, pastors that had been unfaithful in churches that were having splits. And I just want to tell you, many times as I sat there, my grandfather, just be me and my grandfather, he would weep and just be broken over, over church. I, I just want to say he planted that love for 
pastors and, and the local church and my heart. And he didn't even know that. My grandfather never went to Bible college and his church never, you know, was the, the largest one. But man, there was an impact that he made on me. The person and the pastor that I am today is partly because of the investment of my grandfather in me. He called me one time. He said, hey, why don't you go on vacation with me and your grandmother? Is that what you want? He said, I want to invite you on the grandparent vacation. Okay, okay. He said, I'll, I'll pay for everything. We're going to Chattanooga, okay? All right, so my cousin went, my aunt and uncle went. We load up in the minivan and we take off, all right? But before we take off, my grandfather prayed. He just didn't say a little formal prayer. I mean, he prayed. And we took off. I'm sitting in the front seat of the little minivan and he's just talking to me about church, telling me how he got saved, his call to ministry, just hours and hours. And then after a couple of hours, he said, it's time for lunch. Okay, where are we going? Your grandmother's got lunch. Everywhere we stopped, my grandmother had a box in the trunk that had bread, peanut butter, and hot Coke. So we stopped at every KOA campground along the way because we don't want to pay those high prices for the hamburgers. So we had peanut butter and peanut butter sandwiches and hot Coke all the way to Chattanooga in Nashville, all right? But we get in the car, and he said, put in those Gaither, those Gaither tapes. Anybody remember Gaither tapes? The monthly Gaither tape, you know? Before there were essential oils, there was the monthly Gaither videotape. And, man, we started singing. We started singing. Man, we sang Gaithers in Canada, Gaithers in Ireland, Gaithers in Nashville. We sang them all. And when my grandfather was singing, he just wasn't singing. He was worshiping because he'd be driving. He'd have that one finger up in the air. We're weaving all over the road at 28 miles an hour. I'm like, good Lord. We sang every one of them. He just wasn't singing. He was worshiping, okay? Get to the hotel that night. Hey, do we have reservations in the hotel? No. We'll just find a place. So him and my grandmother, they disputed between the $25 a night hotel and the $30 a night hotel. I'm like, you know what? Hey, I'm working. I'll kick in the $5. Let's go $30. We're on vacation. I'm in the room with my grandfather. It's just me and him. Comes out of the bathroom. He's in his pajamas. It's 8 o'clock. He said, well, it's time to go to bed. We got a long day tomorrow. Okay, okay. He knelt down on the side of his bed and he didn't pray like a little formal prayer. But he prayed like it was the last prayer he would ever pray. Got up in bed, turned out the lights, turned off the TV, said good night. And for the next four hours, I was wide awake. <laughs> 6 a.m., the next morning, the curtains go out. Because this was a hotel that had the front window that you backed up to. Remember those? Curtains go up. Sunlight shining in. I'm blinded in my eyes. Brian, it's time to get up. What, 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 what's going on? We got to beat the rush at Hardy's. You know, Granddad, I've been to Hardy's. There's not really a rush there. We're good. You know, we're good. And then he just started singing at the top of his voice. This is the day that the Lord has made. Remember that song? Well, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't think it was really that day that the Lord had made, to be honest. I just, didn't, I just didn't feel like that. But for three days, I spent 
that time with my grandfather. And I saw another side of that. I saw a guy that pastored a long period of time, but he really loved Jesus too. That his ministry just wasn't a show, wasn't something you do on Sunday, but throughout the week, there was this deep love for Jesus and we sang Gaither songs and we prayed and, you know, all through, all through that three-day vacation. Now, let me just say, I would never want to go on that kind of vacation again. Can I tell you? But I'm glad I didn't miss that one. I'm glad I didn't miss that one. I want to say to young people, find someone in your life that can invest with, into you. I want to say to those of you that are older, I want you to think about legacy. Elijah is investing in this younger person legacy, something given by or received from a relative or a predecessor. Legacy. We need to be thinking long term. What do we want to leave? What do we want to leave behind? What spiritual values do you want to leave with others? We need to be thinking long term. I don't care how much money that you leave behind because if you leave them with no spiritual values, you have set them up for failure. What kind of spiritual values do you want to leave with others? Is your family being impacted by these spiritual values? Am I living in a way that represents those spiritual values? We cannot hope to leave something behind that we are not living out at this present moment. Legacy. What's your legacy? What are you leaving behind? What are you leaving behind? What are you leaving behind? Elijah's spiritual legacy lived on past his death. Because at the birth of John the Baptist, the angels said, he's going to take on the spirit of Elijah. Jesus even referenced Elijah's ministry. He said, you didn't even listen to Elijah and you will not even listen to me. You know, at, at the time of the cross, that Jesus was crying out on the cross and they said, he's praying for Elijah to come back to get him. Let's step back and see if Elijah comes to get him. I mean, his legacy was living on in the present time. What are you leaving behind? Young adults, you need to find an Elijah. And I want to say to older adults, you need to find an Elisha. You got something to leave behind. You got something in your family. You got something that a younger person is God's given you a connection with a younger person that you can impact their particular their particular life. Let's look at this last thing. Elijah's last day, and Elisha accepts God's call. When they crossed Elijah, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elijah said. As they were walking along together, suddenly a chariot of fire and of horses appeared and separated the two of them. Elijah went up into heaven into a whirlwind. Elijah saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. And he took hold of his garment and he tore it into two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. And he took the cloak which had fallen from Elijah and he struck the water with it. And he says, where now is the Lord God of Elijah, he asked. And he struck the water and it divided to the right and the left when he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, the spirit of Elijah is now resting on Elijah. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. So 
Wow. Now listen, just real quick. Let's talk about Elijah for, Elisha for just, for just a moment. Elisha's call. They're going all over the place on this last day. Gilgal, they're going to Bethel, they're going to Jericho, they're going to Jordan, you know, and I'm, because I was like, what, what is this ser- purpose, is this serving, you know, in, in Elisha's, I mean, Elijah's life, but that, that moment wasn't really for Elijah. Those moments were really, you know, they were really for Elisha. I mean, Elisha was about to step into something new. There was a new season. There was a new call. There was a new anointing that was coming on his life. There was a new way that God wanted to interact him. He had something else for him. And God was taking some time to get him ready for that new, for that new call. So with that call, there's always training and preparation. He goes to Gilgal where the Hebrews went right after the Red Sea. Can you imagine if you're young Elisha standing there with the aged, you know, prophet Elijah and you're standing on the plains of the, you know, where, where Moses, where they, their first camp and Elijah talks to you about God's, God's faithfulness. The next they go to Bethel. Can you imagine Elijah, older Elijah, standing there talking to them about Bethel? Remember Bethel where Jacob wrestled with the angel and he said, surely the presence of God is here and I did not even know it. And then he talks to, he talks to Elijah about the presence of God. And then they go, they go to Jericho where we know the, the walls fell down, but it just wasn't that. It was that the enemies of Israel were encamped in there. And can you imagine the aged Elijah talking to this young, this young guy telling him the story about Jericho and about God's protection and then they then he takes him to the Jordan on the last day he takes him to the Jordan where Joshua put his foot in the Jordan and man it and it began to separate can you imagine the scene is in that young preacher's life when that aged prophet is telling him about God's miraculous power anytime there's a call there's a training and preparation. And listen to me. Sometimes you go, God, what are you doing? I'm sure like Elijah's going, Gilgal, Bethel. I mean, what are we doing? It seems so random. And there may be things in your life that you're walking through and you go, Lord, what is going on in my life? I promise you, God has a purpose for whatever you're walking through. Now, you may not understand the end result, but God does. But I just say, keep walking. Keep walking wherever it goes. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan. What are we doing? What are we doing here? But the Lord was training him. The next thing that he did, bold faith. Jer- Elijah, Elijah said, what can I do? What can I do before I go? And he said, I love it. I want a double portion of your spirit. I don't even know if that's biblical. I'm not even sure what that, you know, what, what that is. But I want to say, Don't be afraid to ask God for big things. Don't be afraid to ask God for big things. Sometimes we go, if I could just do half of what that person does. You ever said that? If I could just accomplish half of what that person does. Elisha had a completely different view. He said, I want to do double of what that person does. So I want to say to you, Don't be afraid to ask God for big things. Don't be afraid to have big dreams. Don't be afraid to have bold prayers. Sometimes we think 
God is in heaven and he's only got a certain number of miracles that he can dispense over the month and he's just trying to decide what's the best miracle you know, for the, for the power that he's got left. And I want to tell you that is the completely opposite. We serve a powerful God and I want to say to you pray bold prayers. Dream big dreams. Expect God to do something great into your, in your particular life. And the last thing, he gave him the Holy Spirit. And he put the Holy Spirit on him. Whatever that was, whatever, what a double portion, I don't know. I don't even know if that's biblical. Worship team, you guys can, you guys can come. But you know what? When he caught that cloak, the Spirit of God came upon Elisha. And he asked the question, where's the Lord God of Elisha? Where is he? Lord, I need you to make yourself real right now. Where's the Lord God of Elijah? And he takes that coat and he rolls it up and he strikes the Jordan. And just like the miraculous words of Elijah, you see the Jordan River begin to split. And the Holy Spirit, man, that was upon, you know, that was upon Elisha, or Elijah was upon Elisha. You know, even the, the scripture talks a few, a few years later as Elisha was buried. I love this. They threw somebody's old dead body on Elisha's grave. And that guy was resurrected because of that anointing that was on Elisha. Look, I don't know how that works. I don't know how it all works, all right? But I'm just telling you, in Elisha's life, there was a training and a preparation. He prayed bold prayers and he had the touch of the Holy Spirit upon his life saw Elijah caught up into heaven caught up into heaven hey can I tell you there's a day my catching away is coming there's a day there's a day that the Lord's coming back to to get us all just just like Elijah so this morning just as we kind of close this out today just want to challenge just want to challenge just want to pray for those. You need to really make a bold commitment to the Lord. Now you've just been kind of waffling in your life. Never had a burn the plow moment. You've always had maybe Jesus' plan B, plan C. He's way down the list. I just want to tell you, there's a time that you got to, everybody, everybody, there's a time that you got to make a decision about your walk with Jesus. You've got to make him, number one, maybe you've kind of waffled. Maybe he's kind of been in your top ten, your top five, but he's never been number one. The words of Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. Follow me. And I just want to tell you, any sacrifice that you might make along the way in your walk with Jesus, I promise you will be rewarded sometime in this life, but if not here, certainly in the next. All right. Or maybe there are those of you this morning, you need direction, guidance. You need a word from the Lord. You need a word. Especially high school, college age, young adults, you need some direction for your life. We're going to pray. Some of you need a word. We're going to pray that God's going to give you that word this morning. We're going to pray for those that are God's opening up new doors. There's a new call. There's a new season like Elisha walked, you know, walked into. It's kind of kind of scary, but you're kind of sensing. Man, God's revealing something for you. 
that this morning, and we're going to pray at the very end. We're going to pray the prayer of the double portion this morning. I don't even know what that is, but we're going to pray it this morning. We're going to pray for God's touch and His anointing upon our lives. Would you stand with us this morning? Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.